The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. School of Humans. Yeah, that's the playground. Should I park over there? Yeah. Okay, I, I recognize the playground. All right. All right, let's see. See if I can pull up the picture from the Daily Mail. I'm at Chalamont Park in West Little Rock in the parking lot. This is a tiny, private park. It's on a cul-de-sac and meant for the exclusive use of the residents of the Chenal Valley neighborhood and their guests. In the summer, it would be full of kids swimming in the pool or playing on the playground, but it's late fall. Now the pool is closed and the playground is deserted. That's the entrance on the other and side. where was the car? Um, it was parked near here. I'm going to try to see if I can find a picture <coughs> of the car. We know what kind of car she had. It was a Volkswagen Passat. Pretty small car. Yeah. So the other voice you're hearing is Mike. He's another private investigator. A few months ago, Mike and I worked on a project together where we helped local law enforcement apprehend felons. Mike is former military. He's an expert in data technology. He actually trains FBI agents on how to use data to solve cases. 
I brought Mike down to Arkansas with me to help out on the case, especially on two very important aspects, social media and cellular data. These are two things that may have been initially mishandled by police. Mike is also around six foot one and weighs about 220 pounds of solid muscle. And since everyone keeps warning me that we may have to track down some dangerous people for this case, I decided it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a little backup. Also, just a reminder, Ebby's stepdad is Michael. So we'll always refer to him as Michael and Mike as Mike. Lori also said that there weren't any cameras down here, even now, which it doesn't look like there are. No, there's, there's nothing out here. There's a few, few light poles. It was dark as hell, like you couldn't see anything. Yeah, there's no lighting down there at all. Actually, this spot looks almost exactly like it did back in 2015 when neighbors called in an abandoned car, and that car turned out to be Abby Stepics. Yeah, there's beers in it, like somebody was, like somebody was having some beers. Come out here and they party a little bit, looks like. Which is normal. Yeah, if I was in high school, this would be, yeah. this would be a good spot. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a safe place. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're having to hook up in your car or, like, do whatever you're going to do. I mean, it's even, you know, there's benches down there, but if you're parked up here, you can't even see down the embankment That's there. Right. So there's lots of screening and low visibility areas. We're going back to October 30th, 2015. Ebby Stepak has been missing for five days. Her family, including her mom, Lori, her stepdad, Michael, and her brother, Trevor, had been driving all over town trying to find her. Then they get a call. Ebby's car has been found. Michael and Trevor rush over to Chalamont Park. It's already getting dark. They look everywhere, through neighborhoods, in the wooded area behind the park, but they see no sign of Ebby. Ebby's car is backed into a parking space in the rear of the parking lot. Behind the car, they see a manhole cover that leads down to a storm drain. They pull off the cover and look down into the drain, but there's nothing there except a pile of leaves. As Ebby's family and the police look for her everywhere, all over the state and eventually all around the world, they don't know that she was right here, just a few feet from her car, all along. I'm Katherine Townsend. This is Helen Gone. In the days following Ebby's disappearance, the police take Ebby's car in for processing. Then they start their investigation. Now, normally, early in a police investigation, detectives will look through the missing person's phone records and their social media, especially with a teenager like Ebby, who uses social media and texting as the main ways to communicate with her friends. Ebby's family has already gotten started. 
they scour all of her accounts, including her Facebook, her Instagram, and her Snapchat, for any clues as to where she could be. J.C. White is the Little Rock Police Department sergeant originally assigned to the investigation. Roy Williams is the detective. And Laurie starts butting heads with J.C. and the rest of the department very early on. Because, she says, they don't seem to be doing anything with Ebby's social media accounts. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to get into any of her social media, any of her Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. They didn't know how to do any of it. Nothing. So Lori takes matters into her own hands. She hires an IT guy named Matthew to get into Ebby's accounts. The police are not happy about that. So they give Laurie a warning. They tell her to make sure that Matthew doesn't change anything in Ebby's accounts. But Laurie is concerned for another reason. When she and Matthew get into Ebby's social media, it looks like someone else has already been looking through her accounts. Meanwhile, the police still haven't gotten into Ebby's Facebook or her Instagram. Now, the process for law enforcement to get information from companies like Facebook is actually pretty straightforward. Facebook requires that a subpoena, a court order, or a search warrant be filed. But police can ask for the information they want online without ever having to serve papers in person. Police can also ask these companies to release other types of information. This information can include a person's messages, photos, videos, timeline, posts, and location. These requests get sent to a special unit in Facebook called the Law Enforcement Response Team. Their sole job is to take requests for this kind of data. Facebook gets thousands of these requests every year. All of this really is to say that in this day and age, requesting information from a social media company is seen as a very routine part of any investigation. According to Laurie, the Little Rock Police Department did not seem to be familiar with these procedures. She also claims the police didn't seem to have a sense of urgency. I literally copied and emailed them the instructions that are on Facebook, that when you sign up for Facebook and Instagram, that tell you how to contact law enforcement, to tell you how to contact them, I copied that and sent that to them. That's how little they knew. Mike and I talked about how police departments investigate social media. So let's talk about the way it's supposed to work. Something happens to a victim, in this case, Ebby. Ebby goes missing. Ebby's parents do not have her social media login. The law enforcement agency in charge of the case, all they have to do is get a warrant to subpoena the social media provider, i.e. Facebook, Instagram, whoever, and they'll provide access to that information. And when someone goes missing, if you're looking through their social media, what are the kinds of things that you should be looking for? I would be looking for who they talk to, where they were when they were posting. Uh, A lot of these devices, when you make a post, there's geolocational data inside of the picture. So you can get that from the platform, Instagram or Facebook, as an example, 
when you request that data. Uh, if the device has its location services on, it will be sharing its location with the platform, sometimes whether they're posting or not. So if they're sharing their location with the platform, there is a potential or a possibility you could receive their last known location, at least as far as the platform is concerned. In 2015 and into 2016, tensions are growing between Ebby's family and the police. A member of Laurie's church, who used to work with the FBI, offers to help. Laurie tries to get her friend involved, but the police department refuse. He helped us as much as he could. He reached out to LRPD. They said, no, we don't want your help. He offered and offered, and I said, no, we do not want your help. Through her connections as a hairdresser, Lori knows a victim's advocate that works for the prosecuting attorney, Larry Jegley. This woman, Susie, is appalled by the police's treatment of Lori. So Susie starts going with Lori to her meetings with police. She's like, oh my gosh, Lori, this is awful. So she went with me and took notes. So now I have someone with the prosecuting attorney's office going with me to my meetings with Little Rock Police Department taking notes. So I have somebody by my side. It got so bad that on my emails now, I was emailing the chief of police, the mayor, the sergeant, the detective. I was putting everybody on the emails when finally I, you know, was kicked out of the meetings. Because she and Matthew had continued to dig into Ebby's social media, the police department actually kicks Lori out of their meetings. I notified him one day and said, Matthew has to change a password for a minute. We have to change it so we can figure out who is trying to get in. It's just going to be for a minute. When I emailed and told him that, they said, we're done. We're done. Nope, Matthew is off, off the K, off, you're off, he's off, we're done. We will no longer contact you. We will not email you, contact you. We won't notify you of anything. You cannot come down here. Don't show up. We're off. You're done. Laurie, with Matthew's help, downloads all of Ebby's social media messages. They find lots of messages between Ebby and her friends, But everything stops on Sunday, October 25th, the same day that Ebby stopped answering her phone. While Ebby's family tries to find out who she was hanging out with and where they were, the police start focusing on someone a lot closer to home, her husband. They tried to go straight for Michael having something to do with it, Angle. They were already at Michael's, ready to throw him in jail. They were doing everything they could to prove some way that he had something to do with this. Since Ebby's case is technically an open and active investigation, we have no access to police case files. So we have to start at the beginning and take a fresh look at the cell phone data. We don't have all of it, but Laurie does have some of Ebby's phone records. She's kept them in a file for six years. I'm also trying to understand, as best we can, the mistakes that police may have made early on with the phone data so that we can learn from them and move on with this investigation. 
When police access cell phone data in an investigation, they're looking for the record of calls and the cell phone tower data. So there are people in law enforcement who are specially trained in extracting this type of information. It's kind of like looking at the matrix and seeing pictures in the code. It's not just a science, it's an art. Mike and I also talked about this. So now that we're talking about cell phone data, where does the data actually come from? The data comes from the network provider. So let's just say AT&T. Everything that you do, uh, every place your cell phone goes, is reporting 100% of the time while it's turned on and it's, it's attached to the tower. As you go from one tower to the next, that's also reported to the cell phone company, where you, whether you're actually using your phone or not. What law enforcement should do when this happens is they go get a warrant, they subpoena AT&T, for example, and say, hey, can you give me the call detail record of this phone number? And in that call detail record, we'll have every person that they've talked to as far as called, sent a text message to. It will have every tower that they've connected to and for how long. So you can actually get a geographical representation of dots on a map of where they were when they actually made those calls, where they were, if they were sleeping somewhere at night, their direction of travel, if they're traveling from north to south, east to west, for example. Uh, It's very, very granular information and it's very easy to put together what was going on at that time. The secondary thing you do is if there are people of interest or people that you want to talk to, uh, associates that she may have had, you can look at those phone numbers based on whom she had contact with and request the call detail record for those and do some correlation to see if those people were in the same place at the same time. So I guess in a perfect world, law enforcement or whoever would put together all this information first and have an idea of where everyone was and then go talk to those people already knowing that. Absolutely. You would, you know, don't don't get me wrong. There's going to be, you know, detectives and investigators out there trying to do some things in in real time. Right. Because people are should be trying to solve the case as expediently as possible. But there should be a team or some people who are looking at this data from the moment that they receive it from the telco provider. Laurie said that police made some serious mistakes early in the investigation. First, she says they pinged the wrong cell phone number, which meant that when Laurie and Michael go to the GPS coordinates that the police gave them, they end up in a random field miles away from home. Then, once the correct phone number was pinged, police also apparently have some of the cell phone time codes wrong, which will be a big problem later. When they try to establish everyone's alibi, including Michael's, they're tracking his movements to times that were totally incorrect. JC and them started pushing for us to do a lie detector test. At first they asked us, we said, Sure. Well, then after they started pushing for us to do a lie detector test, when they started treating us like that, that's when Michael said, I'm going to have to talk to a lawyer. And I didn't blame him either. I did not trust them at all. In the weeks after the investigation, 
On November 3rd, 2015, a woman and her daughter, who was a friend of Ebby's, are walking through Chalamont Park. She calls 911. 911, what's the location of emergency? I just came out of a meeting with Detective Williams in regards to uh, a missing person named Ebby. Uh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh, he said that the car was located in this park, and I brought my daughter, Kaylee. Okay. She had been here with her before. Sure. I, you know, we came here. Okay. We were going to have her look around, and as I passed the sewer, I could smell decomposition. Could you all send somebody here to investigate? Uh, I want to see what um, who we need to to get out there, and then I will call you in just a, a few minutes, and and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Bye. She says that she smells something rotting in Chalmont Park, but she says the police brushed off her concerns. Hey, y'all. It's Catherine. As you know from Helen Gone, crime can happen to anyone at any time. When it comes to home security, your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Obviously, we cannot control everything that happens out there in the world, but when I'm in my own home, I feel very reassured by the fact that I have a home security system. And Simply Safe is affordable, easy to use. And crucially, it's easy to get started with and then build on later as you need more functionality. They have a huge variety of indoor and outdoor cameras. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day with no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash Helengon. That's simplysafe.com slash Helen gone. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you. 
If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience, which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. In this world out here, you go into a police department, the worst thing you can do is say, I'm a private investigator. This is Monty Vickers. He's a veteran and a former Little Rock police detective. While Monty was on the police force, he investigated hundreds of homicides, a lot of which, he says, stay with him to this day. It's just some things you you can't forget. He's one of those old-school former cops who could have come straight out of a movie. He really cares about his cases and about truth, justice, and the American way. He retired from the force years ago and became a private investigator. I've been thrown out of more police departments than anyone around. I've been thrown out of Senatobia, Mississippi, Blyville, Arkansas, Hot Springs two times. And I'd get up in their face and I'd say, you know, if you're not going to do your GD job, at least pretend you give a damn. You'll make these victims feel better. In early 2016, Laurie asked Monty to investigate Abby's case. I didn't want to get involved in this thing at all. I said, I don't need to interfere with the police department. I regret that now. Monty says he was actually reluctant to get involved because he doesn't want to insert himself into an active police investigation. He is sure that the police will do a good job. But when he starts digging into Abby's case, he's deeply troubled by what he finds. First he tries to get security camera footage from the time around when Ebby went missing. Police did have some security footage of Ebby's car on Chennault Parkway. This is the single image, by the way, that has been released by police of Ebby. Police would not say if Ebby was in the car alone, when the footage was taken, or even which way she was traveling. Also, Lori said that Ebby's phone needed Wi-Fi to make calls, so she would often sit in the parking lot of the Walmart that was about three minutes away from Chalmont Park. Tragically, by the time Monty talked to people at Walmart, it had been several months. And Walmart says the surveillance footage had already been deleted. So five months after Ebby went missing, Monty goes back to Chalmont Park. He starts canvassing and knocking on doors. He's looking for anyone who may have been in the area where Ebby's car was found, and who may have seen Ebby on those crucial days. That's when he finds Guy Hooper. Guy Hooper is a security guard who patrols Chalamont Park on a regular basis, and he was on duty the night that Ebby went missing. How did you find the security guard? Did you just think there might have been a security guard there? And Yeah, there's a 
called out there and out there at the, the park area and found out they had a security guard and I called him and he told me on the phone for this and I arranged to meet him out there. That's when I took the recorded statement from him. About a 45 minute or hour statement. Monty is shocked when Guy tells him that he's the first person to show up to talk to him about this investigation. Then, Guy Hooper tells Monty that he actually called the police multiple times about Ebby's car and that the police had failed to show up in the park. And then, Guy says that he had seen Ebby before at that park during his routine patrols. He had seen her there before with a young small black male about her size, about five foot, he said five foot three or four. And he had seen her there multiple times. And one of the things that was just get you right in the heart, that he said he had all this on video, that he had a dash camera. And he videoed all of the encounters with her in the past because he said every night when he would, when he would get off shift, he would download, take a chip and download it to, to his computer. But then he tells us that's all gone now. This dash cam footage that he had of Ebby is gone. Guy says that he lost the footage after his computer malfunctioned. And one morning he came home, tried to download the uh, dash cam, and the computer said it could not read this device. So his wife worked at a company, and they had a com- uh, computer tech there that she took the computer and the chip in there, and the guy told him, said, your computer shot, it's fried. You know, it's old, and best thing to do is just get you a new computer. So he did, and the computer tech guy threw his other computer and everything away. Monty gives this information to the police and then stops his investigation for a few months. He still hopes the police will handle it, but then... Nothing happens. So he gets back on the case. Monty wants to find out who Ebby was with on Friday night and what happened to her. He goes back and finds another friend of Ebby's, a guy named Gage. Gage shares the text that Ebby had sent him on Friday night with Monty, the ones where she said she had sex with a guy who filmed her against her will. Since Ebby had sent these texts alleging sexual assault, Monty believes that police absolutely have probable cause to search the phones of the boys who were mentioned in those texts. J.C. White, the supervisor, said that he had asked for their phone. They wouldn't, wouldn't give him their phones, so that's all they did. So after they told me that, that's when I called the prosecuting attorney. Monty calls up the prosecuting attorney, Larry Jegley, to get his insights on this. I called him with Lori and them there that night. I called him and told him about this, and I said, they need to get these three guys' cell phones. And he agreed. So he had a deputy prosecutor go to the Little Rock Police Department, and from what I was told, the detective sergeant argued with the deputy prosecutor that there wasn't enough probable cause to seize these cell phones. 
What Monty's getting at here is that this situation is getting surreal because usually it's the prosecuting attorney who's telling the detectives that they don't have enough evidence. Then the detectives go out and try to get more. It's never the other way around. It's unbelievable to Monty that a prosecuting attorney is recommending seizing the phones and that the police are refusing to do it. So even though she's been kicked out of the meetings, Lori continues to email the police department. She takes it to the next level and emails the captain. And finally, she gets another meeting with the police. This time, everyone is there. The captain, the detectives, the prosecuting attorney. Lori wants to make sure that her voice and her complaints are heard. So I took all this to the captain and had a meeting with everybody. And the first thing was, why did you have to email the chief? And I said, to get y'all's attention. I said, it got a meeting, didn't it? I got all of y'all in the room. She has a lot of grievances. The phone, the social media, the fact that it appears to her that police haven't really been doing anything. For instance, even things that would seem to be basic, like why hadn't police looked through security footage at the nearby Walmart that was less than half a mile from the park? Then Lori gets to the issue of the boys' phones. And I said, so why don't I have, why can't you get a subpoena for this? Don't have probable cause. I said, why, why don't I have probable cause for this? Don't have probable cause for this and this. And I said, the prosecuting attorney says I do. And I said, what, at what level is probable cause? And the chief said, the uh, captain said, when I say it is, I just started shaking. I mean, I was just, was like this. I'm never going to, I'm never going to win. Nothing's ever going to happen. So at that point, I was so defeated. I mean, I was, I was so defeated. And Monty, a former police officer, someone who believed in the beginning that police were doing all they could, even he says he lost all faith in the investigation after this meeting. The situation between Laurie and the LRPD continued to deteriorate, and things were about to get a lot worse. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Finally, in June 2016, the case is handed over to the LRPD's Violent Crimes Unit. In a way, this is a good thing, because these are the department's most experienced detectives. But Laurie and many of Ebby's family and friends question why it took so long to happen. In November 2016, police conduct another search of Chalmont Park. This is a massive search. There are reporters there from local news stations, watching the police who are working with the FBI. There's a canine team and dozens of people scouring the woods. We're out here to conduct an, a search of an area in reference to a missing persons case. That case is the Ebby Steppett case. She disappeared about, well, approximately last year. At the LRPD's lieutenant, Danny Jackson, explains what they are looking for that day. We want to come out here and see if there's any evidence out here that will help us find out what happened to Ebby or where she is at. We've got two canine teams uh, that are going to search the uh, wooded area immediately surrounding the park. It's going to be about a three-day search, so it'll be pretty extensive. I just want to be very, very thorough on this and, and check this one more time just to be sure, that's all. After the search, police reveal that they found clothes, handcuffs, a shoe, and what appears to be part of a leg bone. But testing would reveal that the bone is an animal bone and has nothing to do with Abby's case. Another search, another roller coaster of heartbreak for Abby's family. In 2017, almost two years after Abby went missing, Laurie and Michael feel like they have nothing left to lose. They decide to go even more public and take the story to a national level. They go on Nancy Grace and Dr. Phil. 
they upped the reward for information about Abby's disappearance from $15,000 to $50,000. The media outreach works. Abby's story goes national, and this leads to a lot more interest in her case. And Abby's story is everywhere. And more publicity also means more people calling in from all over the world saying they've seen Abby in different places. Police are overwhelmed at trying to track down all these Ebby sightings. And some people even call in with fake tips. This leads to a lot of wasted time by the police. And also, more torment for Ebby's family. There's one caller, a person who says they are holding Ebby hostage and demands money to set her free. And even though that caller turned out to be a hoax... Laurie starts wondering if Ebby could have been a victim of sex trafficking. Laurie says that at this point, she felt trapped. She believes the police are not investigating Ebby's case properly. She thinks that their anger at her and her family mean that they're not following leads. But on the other hand, she's worried that if she takes her complaints farther, police might stop the investigation completely. On February 12, 2018, Laurie files a complaint with the LRPD. In her complaint, Laurie details what the officers had done and what they hadn't done. She talks about how some officers sent her threatening messages and told her she would no longer be getting case updates, basically banning her from the investigation. In August of that year, Laurie gets a letter back from the LRPD. It's signed by then-Chief Kenton Buckner. The letter, which does not mention any of the officers Laurie mentions by name, states that police did not have enough information, quote, to prove or disprove that your allegation that the sworn personnel were rude and unprofessional during your contact with them, end quote. The police investigation seemed to consist solely of talking to the officers and their immediate supervisors. It was all done internally. However, after the complaint, the detective who had been assigned to the case is removed. And that's when Tommy Hudson takes over. Laurie says at that point, everything starts to change. Hey, Tommy, this is Katherine Townsend. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, thanks for talking to us. I, I've been down here. I've been talking a lot to Laurie, and my colleague Mike is here, too. Um, okay. I brought him with me. Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> I, I'm good. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Tommy man. Hudson has had a long career with the LRPD as a homicide detective. He'd actually retired a few months earlier, but he got pulled back in to work on Ebby's case as part of the cold case unit. There were other detectives that had this case prior to, right. to me investigating it, mm-hmm. and they screwed up a bunch of stuff on this case. Right. And so I got basically, it just got thrown in my laps, like, fix this. When Tommy gets the case, he finds that only some superficial stuff had been done with Ebby's phone. Also, up to the point that he gets the case, there's been little cooperation between the LRPD and the FBI. It was the supervisors involved in that case on the front end that refused to give that cooperation to let them use that expertise to do the things that we we finally got that's the first thing we did when we took over the case because you know i mean laurie and i'll tell you that everything was kind of focused on the family uh, on the front end of the case and that was just in my opinion stupidity and uh because we i want to say we had the family pretty much 
eliminated at least through digital evidence within a few days yep. and uh, uh you know because they were real apprehensive of cooperating which i understand and then we we, we finally i had laurie and michael come in i said i was like new guy you know everything happened before it's not me and uh this is what we need to do. And then they cooperated and do the things we did, like giving us new formal statements, taking polygraphs, doing all that good stuff. And, and uh, I, I kind of feel sorry for them the way they were treated on the front end of the case because it shouldn't have been treated the way they were treated. Monty Vickers says that he brought up the idea of looking again at the drainage pipe near where Abby's car was found. Monty had been trying to get down into that drain pipe since he started his investigation. I done everything I could do to try to find a robot, rent a robot, buy one. I said they're expensive, but still I would have liked to have taken that robot up in there and see about anything. On May 24th, 2018, the cold case unit does another search, along with the FBI. This time, they use robot video cameras that Tommy gets from the city. And then the next day, I got a call and they was going to be digging the drain pipe up. I said, you mean they found something? I said, yeah, looks like it. I, I'm sitting there, and I'm kicking myself, and I'm just, you know, because I just, I should have, I should have kept on with that. On May 28, 2018, Tommy Hudson makes this statement with LRPD. We decided to conduct a search of the piping and drainage system close to the area where Mrs. Stevitt's car was initially found in 2015. We used robots with video cameras that we were able to send down the drains. Eventually, starting from the top drain where her car was found, we hit obstructions 70 feet down from the top part of where her car was. We then took the same robots and ran them back up the other end from the drain, up another 130 feet, and located another obstruction. Neither one of these obstructions were human remains, but they piqued our interest that we had an obstruction from 70 feet from the top, from 130 feet from the bottom. We made the determination that we needed to excavate this area to see what was inside the pipe itself. At 10.30 hours on Tuesday morning, we located the piping section that we believe we need to open up to see what the obstruction was. Upon opening that pipe, cold case investigators located human remains inside that pipe. At that time, we shut everything down and immediately went to try to search for the family of Ms. Stevick to let them know we had found human remains. That process took several hours to recover those remains, along with new evidence that we did find inside this piping system. The remains were sent to the Arkansas State Crime Lab for positive identification, and we'll be waiting for the testing results on that evidence that was taken from those pipes. A few days later, those remains are positively identified. The body they found is Ebby Stepek. Ebby Stepek, two and a half years after she's disappeared, is confirmed dead. Remember that search that police did back in 2016? If you hit pause during that press conference, you can actually see the manhole, the one that Ebby's car was parked in front of, the one that leads down to that pipe where her body was found. Laurie and the rest of Ebby's family had been back to that park countless times. Over the years in some interviews with Laurie, you can see her standing right in front of that manhole. 
All this time, she was going through escort websites and chasing sightings all around the world, dealing with fake blackmail threats, and living a nightmare. Ebby was here the whole time. Now, we need to find out how she got down there. I'm Katherine Townsend. This is Helen Gone. Helen Gone is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It's written and hosted by me, Katherine Townsend, and produced by Gabby Watts and Michael Dowd. Our executive producers are Brandon Barr, Elsie Crowley, and Virginia Prescott. Mix and Master is by Ryan Peoples, and our music is by Ben Salee. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Ebby Stepik, you can call our tip line at 678-632-6159. School of Humans. School of Humans. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.